Shabbat Shalom, good Shabbos from my Goyim. Have a great weekend. It is Friday. I cannot wait to do this podcast with you guys. It is such a beautiful day here. I don't know about you. Let's get into this. Today, I'm going to do a part one and a part two. Part one is going to be this really unique story I came across. I'll explain in a second. Uh, and then part two will be all the classic chokhmah, the, the wisdom that I get from online and from other stuff. Anyways, let's jump in. All right, my mishpoch, my hevchin, my gang. Listen, this is actually kind of crazy. So my cousin once removed. I think that's what it's called because it's my father's cousin. He sent an email to my dad stating that he has proof our last name is wrong. Yes, wrong, false, a fallacy this whole time. And my dad forwarded me this email so I could go through it. And it's quite, quite interesting. It's a po- it's a podcast, yes. That's exactly what my great-grandfather gave was a podcast. Anyways, sorry for the vibrations. My great-grandfather, I guess his father was from Russia. Yeah, this is my great-great-grandfather, actually. Uh, he was from Russia, right? But he was technically in Poland, <laughs> Because Poland used to be occupied by Russia way back in the 1800s. So my great-grandfather, he was born in Poland slash Russia, but moved to Toronto. So this is the my great-great-grandfather's passport that was found somehow by my cousin once removed. And what was really interesting is on the passport was the last name. It was not the same. And it's not like people with maiden names and this and that. No, 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 no. Like, the last name has been passed down. This is my great-great-grandfather's last name is the one I have. It's been passed down. I'll stop with the suspense. The last name was Weisdorf. Very similar, right? My last name is Weisdorf. His was Weisdorf. A German last name. So clearly there's German lineage way back. But it's spelled V-A-I-S instead of w-e-i-s my last name is w-e-i-s what does this tell you well how did the letters get switched how i'm guessing that when my great great grandfather had moved to canada that the canadian border patroller or whatever either didn't read the russian correctly because remember this is all in russian letters he didn't read the Russian letters properly or something, or he heard my great-grandfather say the word Weisdorf, Weisdorf, or, or whatever. You know, that's more of a German accent, though. I don't know how a Russian would say that, or a Polish person. What do Polish people sound like? Anyways, who knows? He either said it wrong, or, or he just saw Polish slash Russian letters, and anyways, so my last name should be Weisdorf. But it's Weisdorf. And uh, makes you start to think like how many of these stories apply to other people. Because there are tons of Weisses out there. You'll see lots of Yidden with the last name Weiss. And and like half my last name is Weiss. So it makes me think like how many of those people is Weiss. Which is white in, I think, white. In German... Weisdorf is white village in German, so I'm assuming Weiss would be like white. I don't know if German, if in German they flip the adjective and the verb. 
because then whatever it doesn't matter uh i find that so interesting though eh? my last name has been wrong so my my dad sent the email and he joked he's saying like looks like we have to change our last names but anyways another interesting thing was apparently the word for jew on the passport was this old slang derogatory term so what that told me is oh wow it makes sense that like even before all the world wars before everything in 1800s jews were still seen or looked down upon and it's again it's not surprising right like all throughout history for some reason jews have been uh prosecuted and whatever so there you go that's the quick spiel that's a little story on what how my last name is fake it's not my real last name but hey it's for for 100 years now we've had it all on on everything so that's that's the story for the day let's move on to some chokhla what is up everybody so the only way i can keep going is to break this up after that little interlude thank you for your patience i hope you enjoyed that music so i had a thought the other day and it looked like this let's say someone's proud of what they've done and someone questions their accomplishments if this proud person defended and or justified their accomplishments are they really proud of themselves that's my question for you that's what i was thinking about because i there's this belief of mine that if you have to justify yourself you might deep down be insecure or just unsure of that thing you're justifying. Otherwise, if you were super sure of it, you wouldn't even feel the need to justify to somebody. Uh, For example, someone is saying, like, the world's flat. You know in your heart so much that the world isn't flat, you're not even going to debate them. Even if you, for fun, ask them a question to kind of lead them towards a debate, like, you wouldn't even go through with it. It's not worth your energy. But there are things, and this happened in my life, I was thinking about this, way back I was telling my family how I really wanted to go the real estate route. And they kept telling me the risk and how scary it was. And I kept justifying so hard being like, no, 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 it's, it, it's a good thing, there's all these this and then this and this and that. And I remember thinking, and it turned into a bit of an argument, and I remember afterwards being like, why was I justifying myself? I am sure of this. I was trying to cover up the fact that I was scared. I didn't even realize I was fearful of failing. And when they started to question and project their fear, it shined a light on mine. And I wasn't prepared for that. I was fragile. And so what did I do? I had to convince myself that it was a good idea to invest in real estate. And instead of just saying, Zev, you're scared of failing in business. Instead of saying that, I had to go, no, it's going to work out because, and I wasn't saying it to them. I was actually saying it to myself. Does that make sense? And so anytime a person justifies or uh, defends an accomplishment that someone questions, I don't know if they're fully confident about it. I don't know if they're fully, I don't know if they fully believe in themselves because they're not even talking to that person anymore. When they're justifying and defending, they're actually trying to convince themselves that they're doing the right thing. That's self-soothing at that point. Otherwise, they'd sit there content, just nodding their head, yes. Yep, yep, I understand. Yep, maybe, yeah, for sure. <sighs> and then the rest, I could break a conversation down big time, but I'm not going to. That's 
a little food for thought. It does segue into a thing I mentioned here that maybe they need others' validation to validate themselves. And that's sad. Like, if you're listening, do not rely on other people's validation in order to fill your validation cup. No, no, no. That bucket, you need to fill that bucket. And if you're wondering, like, I don't know how to validate myself and feel accomplished and feel confident, it's as simple as go do something and check it off a list. (laughs) Simple as that. That's all it takes to feel proud of yourself. And then once you cope, this is a coping mechanism. I'm saying, I'm not saying this is fact. When you establish the coping mechanism of realizing that the person is now just projecting their own fears and their own baggage onto you, anytime someone does start to say like, oh, well, whatever, that sucks. Instead of you being like, oh, do I suck? You're going to be like, oh, I guess someone taught them that they suck if they do that. And that's sad because I'm really pumped up about it. And then you actually have empathy, sympathy for them. And you say like, who hurt you? Who the hell hurt you? Come in for a hug. <laughs> That's the vibe. And I put in the notes here that this I was fantasizing about the day I reach my big, hairy, audacious goals. I think they, there's an acronym for that. But those big goals of mine to be financially independent when passive income covers all expenses and retire early. You know, if I told someone why I've taken time off work and they still question or judge that decision, like, why the hell are you trying to retire early? Why the hell are you... Why, why be so hasty, Zev? I questioned that. I said, when that happens, because I guarantee you it will. I'll tell someone, yeah, I'm going to Australia because I can. And then, well, I won't say it like that. That's really pretentious. But I'll say, like, yeah, I'm leaving for a trip. They'll be like, oh, for how long? I'll be like, yeah, whatever. And they'll be like, what about work? And I'll probably, and I'll be like, well, I'll, I, I can work whenever I want. And they'll be like, what? And then, who knows? At some point, they'll be like, why, why do you want to retire early? That, do you not like working? They'll start questioning it. And when they do that, I'm nervous. I was pondering this. I'm nervous that I'll be fragile. I'll be rattled. And will I be proud of my decision? When they start questioning it, will I be proud of my decision? Or will I go, you know what? They're right. I'm a fucking idiot. I should not have done this. I should have kept working. Food for thought. And only time will tell. So anyway, I think it's, it's a good reminder that you should question why you want what you want. Think about your big audacious goals, the ones that are scary, almost unrealistic, dare I say. Think of those and then ask yourself, like, why do you even want that? Because someone else will, and you don't want to be fragile when they do, okay? Because you have to have that conversation before someone else does. Um, There's always going to be someone out there that disagrees with your choices. Therefore, you you can only do things for yourself. Moving on to this TikTok post, uh, there's a guy and he recommends to really zero in on the order of the tasks you do for productivity. He's not just talking about being productive with the little things, your chores and whatnot. He's saying with life goals to crush them, you got to stack habits that make the other ones easier. So for example, let's say you want to get ripped, you want to own a business and finish school. Well, he says being fit and healthy gives you the energy and the confidence to crush business. And then crushing business means you might not even have to finish school if it excels big time. Now, in my comments here, I put that I do not agree with this. And I'll tell you why. It's because people, they've all crushed their goals out there while defying this approach. Hundreds of entrepreneurs have defied that order. They, they've built the business. They decide then to get in shape. And they went to school when they were younger. Like, And whatever order, I'm telling you, everyone's done it some way, so you can do it any way you want. There's never just one way. And I was actually going to say, I really don't like these dogmatic approaches people have. It grinds my gears because it's a little narrow-minded, unless they know something I don't. And then here I am on the Yutz Shlemiel that's just 
spewing fakakto my tuchus. So if you're listening and you see all these posts that pressure you into being Mr. Pro- productive and like being the, the, the six pack CEO with a million kids and just know someone else has done it differently. You can too. You don't have to be that way. They're trying to put on a front because they've got their own issues with their persona. Okay. Anyways, let's talk Bo Burnham. So this guy, I did a whole podcast on his inside special because it was that good and that deep and that meta. Well, my brother and I were extremely verklempt because that's Yiddish for super high in emotion, excited, because he put out outtakes. He put out outtakes. I know, tongue twister. And these outtakes, it was pretty much like a part two. And I took notes because I thought, you know what? They're probably not going to be schmageggy. They're probably going to be pretty good, even though he didn't put them in the film. It's like deleted scenes. So this is literally from start to finish. I'm spoiling, so spoiler alert. Skip the next few minutes. He makes fun of songs with a voicemail at the beginning. And I love when he makes fun of pop culture. So if you like people that make fun of pop culture, you'll like the opener. He also makes fun of YouTube commercials. I find that hilarious because, again, pop culture references. Who doesn't like that? He makes this funny joke about feminism collapsing when a spider is around. And I'll explain that a little bit more. It's like there's a spider on the wall. And it's this whole song he sings about, like, you know, this person who's super pro-feminism and stuff is then like telling the the guy in the house to be a man when there's a spider and it's like all it takes is a spider to crush your feminism uh which i'm i'm i am super pro feminism uh aspects like i love feminism so i'm not ripping on feminism people don't cancel me and actually i'll skip a bit he he then he does make fun of what i'm doing these bro podcasts and that's so funny like that is probably one of the best parts of the whole thing is when he makes fun of these comedians that go on to uh, podcasts and stuff it's it's spot on like it sounds exactly like fighter and the kid he got really mad at people who hate the word moist i don't know i forget that shtick but it was hilarious he um he adds the oh what did i put that he had this little part about like what have we done to our children and and that one it really stuck because it shows like how damaging the lack of patience we've instilled in youth is like youth have no patience um and yeah there's this line or a song he says that shows that and, and there are a few things in this part two of inside that he says one sentence or one line and it really makes you think and that, i love that i think that's special he does a google commercial and it is really satirical. He's like saying you should be yourself. Like Google wants authentic individuals who are themselves. But if you aren't good enough, then be someone else so you are good enough. And I just love the, the hip- hypocrisy in such a big, booming capitalistic world where, again, the, it's poetic to say be yourself. But to be yourself might not land you the gig. And Google wants to sound inclusive but they can't be truly inclusive. And, and there's a paradox on TikTok I saw about this. This guy talking about like the the uh, inclusive club at high school. And then and then he's the guy's like, oh, well, if you're starting an inclusive club, like you're going to let everyone in? And he's like, yeah, why not? It's the inclusive club. It's the name of it. And the guy's like, so you're going to let the white supremacist like KKK guys in? And he's like, no, of course not. The they're racists and he's like but it's the inclusivity club so you're telling me the inclusivity club is exclusive and he's like well no like it's 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 a club for 
people who aren't KKK members. And he's like, so it's not inclusive. <laughs> he's like, I guess not. Only for the people that I want in the club. And it was this big paradox. And that's what it reminded me of. Uh, lots of ads, like fake ads through the thing. And you think they're real for a sec because he makes them look identical to what we see on YouTube. And I, I found them so funny because like there were things on the ads and one saying like it was mental health awareness decade, not just day or month, but decade. And then like something, a really like kind of crude joke about like laceless shoes being 60% off or something. And there was another ad about like masturbation. That was funny. Um, yeah. Oh, and it, he showed how much YouTube's changed. Uh, and then he does a funny shtick on um, on food YouTubers. That bit was about like the way they they call the food certain things and like the, how they make it look all fancy. And I, I kind of forget it, but I'm telling you, it was like perfect. I wrote it down because it was perfect the way he mocked all the the YouTubers who do food stuff. He also made a mockery of Zoom interviews with panels of casts, and but he plays every single cast member, and I thought it was perfect. Yeah, like, and for him to time that up, I don't know how he did it because he plays the host and all six cast members all doing different things and saying different things. Amazing. And it was all one shot, I think. There was a really trippy speech. It was mashed up. So he starts, you see him speaking at a conference. Okay. He's like a CEO at a conference. Then he has a second screen that's like over top the first kind of artsy and it's person number two. And he's saying some stuff that's a little more controversial. And then there's a third video, person number three, saying other stuff. And he's talking about what happens if there's too much content. And what if there's so much content on the internet that people stray away? Versus the other fear, which is it only gets larger. The content space is so big, but there's still so much demand that everyone's absorbed in content. And our whole life is digital. And our whole life is absorbed in the screens. And I love that contrast, and, but he starts with just such a meaningless little conference talk where everyone's pumped to this last guy talking about how freaky the future gets. So the, the original speaker, right? You can picture this. He's excited for the future. And then the final guy is talking about how scary the future is um, because of those two contrasts, either too much content and people just don't, it's too much and people don't want it anymore or so much that people are addicted. They can't get enough. And then people are really absorbed. Anyways, uh, and that, that's what I love about Bo, Bo Burnham. I love that Bo goes deep into what people are thinking and deep into where society's going. I think Bo Burnham's extremely interested in where the future is going, and so am I. So that's why I love these shows. There's another ad, and it's a little mockery of the ads we see on YouTube. And it said, like, child-only therapist now accepting crypto can redeem for Fortnite skins. Hashtag stay inside. <laughs> really funny uh there was this one line and it was a quick one and it is so true and and hits home on so many levels he's laying down and he says my phone makes me sad and i was like holy shit that epitomizes an entire generation those words my phone makes me sad that epitomizes an entire generation i'm telling you sorry to repeat myself it's like i want that to be heard that is so true. Phones are, oh, my young blood the other day comes in, says he's getting a phone. He, he's in grade, going into grade six after the summer. Like, and I said, hey, Tice, quick little piece of advice, unsolicited, I'm sorry. Either the phone controls you or you control the phone. Simple as that. I said, they're very addicting, please. And then I taught him, I'm momish, 
I'm not kidding around. I taught him how to unfollow. I taught him uh, how to say not interested on TikTok. Because I said, like, listen, you you control your algorithm. Don't be controlled by the algorithm. And I doubt he'll remember it, but I tried. And that's for you listening to. Do not let the algorithm control you. Really, like, every now and then, do a cleanse. I, go through and be like, is this adding value to my life? Am I gaining intel? Am I being a better human being? Straight up, are you being a better human being? Because remember, your friends will send you funny stuff, inevitably. And so that's at least how I live my life is my friends send me funny stuff. I never have to go through, I call it junk food social media. You can make your social media so educational. Like, look at these podcasts. I, like, I love this stuff I'm talking about and it's all from social media. Okay. Next, there's a different tune for the internet song, which is kind of cool. That was it's just a fun fact for anyone that listened to the first in, inside. It shows all his failed attempts at songs, which is kind of funny and cool. It's, you got to sh- there was like 13 takes for a lot of these. Like he did a lot of takes. He makes fun of Marvel, and he in <laughs> this is awesome. You know how Marvel has a million plot points and a million stories and a million movies. He makes fun of that, and he makes like an inside universe, like inside the name of his special, a universe for inside because there's the Marvel universe, right? So he does an inside universe, and he creates fake sequels. And he creates movies for the entire decade, just like Marvel did. And he and with all the titles, it's hilarious. It's perfect. And he makes fun of Marvel in the best way. Uh, yeah, and then at the very end, he makes fun of clickbait video titles and thumbnails. So at the end of his special, he does like fake click he does fake thumbnails and uh, fake clickbaity titles, which again, making fun of pop culture, which is the best. Yeah, and so I think that's where I'm gonna stop for this podcast. Thanks for listening. I love doing this. And thanks so much for bearing with me. If I didn't do these podcasts, I would end up inputting to everyone in my life. And they would absolutely hate me because I'd be the most annoying, annoying Schmendrick on the planet. Thanks so much. Have a great weekend. Shabbat Shalom. Good Shabbos. My Mishpoche. My Chevrim. My Goyim. Enjoy your weekend. For all my great, 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 great grandchildren listening in like the year 3001. I love you. Even though I've never got to meet you, my soul is watching you. Thanks. Have a great weekend. Bye.